0: What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Clydesdale Media Podcast. My name is Scott Switzer on the Clydesdale. This is an episode I am super, super stoked for. You get these every once in a while um, that it's it's a little bit special, and it's someone that um, I have known for it virtually for a very long time, um, and got to meet for the first time in person a couple weeks ago.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And her name is Lauren Olson. Welcome, Lauren.
1: Hey, thank, thank you. you.
0: So what makes us special is like we have chatted online for probably three years, almost the length that this podcast has been around. Mm-hmm. And those talks have been very superficial, right? That's how social media is. Yep. Yep. Um, but you crack me up. You're a great <laughs> follow on social media. You are goofy as hell. <laughs> and, um, and I love that. I love yeah. every bit about that, Yeah. But thanks. you posted a story. It's been a few weeks ago and I, I think it was a story because I cannot find it. Yes. Um, and so you posted a story about something you had done that I really wanted to highlight on this show, but I want to start with your background when you were a kid Were you always into like sports and athletics?
1: I was, yeah. I want to say like as early as, I mean, I I think I did like t-ball, so you know, five, six, but I want to say I really started competitive basketball, probably around the age of seven or eight. Um, So I grew up playing like your three main ball sports for females, uh, basketball, volleyball, and softball. And I come from a really small town that they really emphasize basketball. So they started very young with that sport. Um, So, yeah, so I grew up playing those three sports, not really diverse in other ones, uh, which I regret now as an adult doing CrossFit. I wish I would have done gymnastics or swimming. But, yeah, basketball, volleyball, and softball is what I grew up doing.
0: So did any of those like become the main sport? Cause as a, as a three sport athlete in high school myself, I did three sports, but there was one that I was really good at others. Yeah. I was, I was pretty good at, but one kind of took the lead.
1: Um, I feel like I too. too like I feel like volleyball and basketball were my two main ones. I did play, um, Juco basketball. So I did one year of college. So I guess you could say that took like priority, Um, but it was because that college stopped volleyball the year I graduated high school. I think I would have rather played volleyball in high, uh, excuse me, in college, but I did that for one year and I sat the bench. So (laughs) it was weird going from like top dog in a little school to bottom of the totem pole in college.
0: So, so that's kind of the time that I want to talk about this special story, right? You you go to college and something happens where you you meet a girl, you meet a little girl. How, like your story was vague. So yes. I'm I'm begging you for the details of this.
1: <gasps> okay. At the
0: age of I I think it started at the age of 19 you met her.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty wild story. Um, so 18 to 19 years old, I played basketball. Um, I ended up moving to Springfield, Missouri, which was about two hours away from the college I was going to. Um, I transferred to online classes and I was just gonna, I guess, work. I don't really know my thought pattern of moving. I just wanted something different. Um, from there, I got a job at curves fitness center. Do you remember that? <laughs> nope. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. So if, if somebody's listening or watching and they don't know what that is, it's um, just a fitness center for ladies. And it was like resistance machines and like a circuit training. Um, but I got a job there and I met one of the members, her name is Sheila and she was raising her granddaughter, Bella. And Bella was eight, nine months old at the time. Um, so my relationship with Sheila grew, which means like, as we hung out, she would bring Bella. Um, so I fell in love with this little girl who was nine months old. I just loved kids. Um, and then one day Sheila brought in pictures of Bella's dad, and, which is her son. And, uh, I was like, oh, he's kind of cute. And so she's like, well, he's coming to visit. Do you want to meet him? I was like, sure. Um, so anyway, so we connected, and that's how the story started with Bella. So I actually met her first when she was nine months old, and then I met her dad, which then became my husband, like six months later. <laughs> yeah, you're twenty. I mean, what else do you do? You go get married. Okay. So really. there was a story behind that. He was uh, military, so he was a single dad, which is why Sheila had Bella. Um. And he was about to deploy so we married very quickly so hi legs i love you too um we married pretty quickly so i could get guardianship over bella while he was deployed
0: okay now now that makes that makes sense
1: yes that's kind of how it started um so i met bella married her father Um, And then, so guardianship is just like a legal document saying that I could take her to the doctors or, you know, sign for her if needed, but there was really no parental rights involved in that. Um, So then we talked about doing an actual adoption with her and taking the biological mother's rights away, um, which is just, it's wild to think about now, because I remember at I think it was 18 or 19, I had this toy Yorkie dog. Ironically, her name was Izzy, which was short for Isabella. Um, and I couldn't take care of her. She was like very high needs, needed like special food. And so my parents took her. And so it's funny because then a year later, I meet a child. <laughs> and I was like, yes, I'm ready. Let's be a mom. So it's just crazy that at 20 years old, I decided to do that.
0: So I'm going to dive in a little bit and you, you answer what you want to answer. Tell me to mind my own business.
1: No. Yeah.
0: So, so there, there is a birth mother yes. and yes. you are trying to adopt. Was it, was the birth mother completely out of the picture? Wanted nothing to do with Bella yeah. at the time? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I guess
0: you you wanted to fill that role.
1: Sure. Yeah, that was pretty vague, I guess, my story part. Um, Yes. So the biological mom was pretty out of the picture. She was also very young. Um, I want to say she was she's a little older than me. So I think she was 20 when she gave birth to Bella. Um, And so she was like partying, just kind of um, would leave Bella with different family members, which is why. Christian, the biological dad had taken, taken that role on, but he was like a single father, like I said, in the military. Um, so she was pretty non-existent. I have still never met the biological mom. Um, through the adoption process, we started that well, it finalized in 14. And I want to say we started in maybe 11, 2011. So it took three years for the adoption to finalize um, because Tennessee is a pro mom state, which is where we lived at the time. Um, so we had to like mail the biological mom questions. She actually filled them out and returned them, which was not great for us. Cause it kind of showed that she cared. I say that very lackingly. Um, so she returned the questions when they set the first court date, she didn't show up. Um, so they had to allow her a chance to get a lawyer. So they did a second court date about eight months later. Um, and then she did not show up for the second one. So, I mean, it took a long time.
0: So Christian, the father, Uh Uh is that the person you're still with today?
1: No, (laughs) my story is crazy. Um, but I love it. We're so blended. We're so blended. So um, Christian and I decided to separate in 2016. We are very different people. Um, We were very young when we got married. So we had Bella together and then we did have another daughter together. So we have Charlotte. Um, Bella is now 13 and Charlotte is eight. So they are half sisters. Um, And then when Christian and I divorced in 2016, I met my current husband, George, through my gym, CrossFit Belief. Um, and then we've been together since late 2016.
0: And you have a third daughter.
1: We do. She's four, and she's sassy, and she's wild.
0: Okay. So let's, so let's backtrack now. Sure. So you're going through the adoption process. Christian is in the military. Mm-hmm. And the reason you kind of did this is... He was going to get deployed and Bella needed someone to take care of her. Yes. So did all that happen? Like did Christian go overseas and then you were kind of just single mom actually ish during that time.
1: Yes and no. Um, My parents are really supportive and then um, Christian's dad, I'm really close with as well. Excuse me. So, so timeline wise, I meet Bella in May of 09. No, sorry. May of 10, she wasn't alive in 09. <laughs> May of 2010, I meet Bella and then meet Christian in June. We get married in December of 2010. And then he deploys in January of 11. So um, after that, I moved in with his dad for about five months. So I had some help with Bella, um, with Tom, which is Christian's dad. And then we moved in with my parents. They live about an hour away. And we lived with them until Christian returned from deployment.
0: Was when he returned from deployment, when you realized this may not be the tip, the best marriage matchup?
1: Um, I think so. We moved when he returned from deployment, we moved to Tennessee with him. Um, and so we were together from 20, 11 to 2016. So about five years of marriage of like, Hey, let's make this work. You know, it was, it was just interesting. Um, I think growing up, I watched my parents who have been married, you know, gosh, I don't want to say the wrong year. We just celebrated it at 40 years, maybe. Um, so I was raised with that and I see that my parents have a lot, well, a lot in common, you know, they do things together. Um, so when I was married to Christian, I was just like, something's not right. We never did anything together. I'd go with my friends. He'd go with his. And it was just kind of me and Bella. We, we truly grew up together. Um, so we just kind of hung out. And then we had Charlotte. And then it became like the three of us. So I guess that's kind of where we realized at the end of the marriage, when I got a job here in Missouri, Christian and I just talked about like, maybe this isn't right for us. It was a very much a mutual, um, clean divorce, which was really nice.
0: Would it be fair to say that you may have been more in love with Bella than Christian?
1: 100%. Yeah. Our story is just so cool. Um, I ended up telling her, her adoption story when I was pregnant with Nora, my youngest. So about four years ago, I told Bella, um, because my number one rule was like, don't ever lie to Belle. Um, so, so stretch the truth, but don't lie. Um, so she would ask questions when I was pregnant, like, Hey, when I was in your belly, you know, did this happen? And I'd say, Oh, when your mom was pregnant with you, yeah, this happened. Um, and then she would say, well, did you breastfeed me when I was a baby? And so I told her like, Oh, you had stomach issues, which she did. And you had to be on special formula. Um, so it's just getting harder to to do that without lying. Um, So I wrote her like a six page letter and we sat on my bed and I read it to her and we both cried and it was really beautiful. Um, And then I want to say two years ago when we celebrated our forever day, that's when I let her know that she has other siblings through her biological mother's side. Um, So our story just kind of keeps building, but it's just so beautiful. And I try to remind her like, God did this, you know, we, we were made for each other. I am your mom. Um, and I truly believe that. And she does too. Well,
0: Lex, Lex wants everyone to know that Lauren is such a great mom. Her girls are amazing.
1: Thanks Lex. They loved when they came to visit, they brought, they only had, I don't think they had Callie. Did you guys? Um, but coast is huge and we have a doodle who's not as big as Lexus's dog but my girls loved them. They all played and they were crazy and Carol and Alexis handled my girls very well.
0: So, so you, you and Christian have a second daughter, Mm -hmm. but, but in your mind, they're both your daughters, right? Like unequivocally. Yes. The love for both is the same. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you and Christian decide it's not right for your marriage. How is your relationship today with Christian?
1: Oh, um, I'm going to say it's great. Uh, Christian has been in prison for a couple of years. Sorry, surprise. <laughs> um, he just made some really poor choices. And that kind of goes back to like, How different we were. Um, I actually, which we'll get to this, I'm sure soon, but I had started CrossFit and he just was not involved in that. And he liked to drink and ride motorcycles. And I was not into that. Um, So it just kind of led to wrong choices and landed him where he is. Um, So we don't get to talk, but um, he does talk to the girls every so often. And like, I'm open to building that relationship back, uh, if, or when he gets out of prison.
0: Okay. And that is, that is, and I'm, I'm sorry. Like I, I gotta know more. So That's okay, is it, is it a question whether it, when or if
1: Ugh. I, I'm going to lean more toward if I don't, I don't see it likely happening. Um, but you never know. I don't know like the hundred percent truth of what happened or why he's in there. I just know bits and pieces. Um, but I know it's not great. And so I don't see him getting out anytime soon if he gets out.
0: So it's fair to say the girls are going to be adults probably if he gets out.
1: Yeah. 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 And Bella's almost 14 now, you know, so she's in, um, gosh, 2016, I'm doing my math. So she was seven when I met George and, uh, that would have made Charlotte two. And so now they're eight and almost 14. Um, so George is really just who they know. Um, now they do go visit Christian's dad once a month and that's when they'll talk to Christian. Um, he'll call them, but especially Charlotte, she has lots of questions. Um, but it's very much like Eh, he's my biological dad, but George is my dad. Whereas Bella has memories with Christian. So she'll, she'll ask lots of questions and tell me things that she talked to Christian about on the phone or memories that they had when she was young.
0: So these cannot be easy discussions as a mom with your two girls.
1: No. And they're both so different personality wise that, um, like Bella is just, she's such an old soul. And I feel, I feel like it's her first eight months of life, nine months, she was raised with Sheila, her grandma. Um, so she was really around like a lot of older adults, um, not really young moms or younger kids. And so I just feel like maybe that has to, to do with why she's such an old soul now, maybe. But she's very easy to talk. <laughs> Go ahead. Do
0: you think it could be that because you both were young at the time that you were growing up together
1: yeah. and yeah. almost
0: relied on each other through those times?
1: Yeah, that too, for sure. I mean, and that's so true. Like I remember um, the first summer that I had her, like I literally went from a 19 year old single female to boom, your mom to a nine month old at 20 years old. And i remember going on this road trip with my parents and bella was crying wanting to hold my hand and i was so frustrated i was like i don't want to hold your hand (laughs) i'm in the car like i want to sit forward i don't want to reach back and hold your hand um anyways that stands out distinctively because my mother was like a little upset like she just she wants to hold your hand and i'm like mom you know, I was just frustrated because I'm like, I don't have that connection yet. You know, you have to build that. I didn't have the nine months of pregnancy to build that. Um, So that just kind of stood out in my mind of like, I grew and Bella grew and then we grew together.
0: So, so looking back at that moment, can you imagine that you were in a state where you weren't that connected? Because today, and again, I only know your social media posts about it, yeah. But you seem so tight and so close that like you holding your hand would be basic. Right. Yeah.
1: yeah it's kind of strange to think about. Um, like I, I feel like I've always loved children and I've always wanted kids of my own. Um, but when you're, when you're in it, especially without, you know, the 10 months to process that um, it was really like, Hey, this is my child. This is not just a kid that I'm babysitting. Um, so that was a lot. it was It was really weird to think about like, nope, you have to change your mindset. Um, but yeah, definitely now it's weird to think that I was ever in that position of being like, I don't know, even today, I think, even today though, I'm like, I need space. Can you move? Can you go away? <laughs> well
0: Well, I think all parents, yeah. all parents go through that, right? Yeah Where you just need like, my daughter has pushed me to the brink. where yeah. I'm just like, okay. Dad needs some alone time.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Right. We're we're all there. But I think I think it's cool to explore the fact that you went into this again, not carrying the child, but you loved her in some way and knew she needed, cared for, and needed a mother figure. Mm-hmm. But there's a transitional process to that. For sure. And and it's not just immediate. And I think other mothers, other blended families this is critical for them to understand that it's not just a snap of the fingers and all of a sudden your mom.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, I was so young. I don't think I could understand those types of feelings, but if that was me now, so I'm 33 now, if I were to take on a child, I would remind myself that it's okay to have these feelings. Like it's okay to have guilt of being like, you know, it's, it's just okay to feel all these feelings. You don't have to be perfect. Um, you don't have to be like this gung-ho loving mother all the time. It's not going to be perfect and ideal. I think if people are doing that now, or even myself with my own biological kids, I have to remind myself of that. Like, it's okay to get upset. It's okay to need space. It's okay to feel disconnected sometimes. Take that moment and then figure out how to rebuild that connection with your kids.
0: And Christians off overseas, you're doing this by yourself alone in this transition. I mean, excuse me. We've had moments where my wife has looked at me and said, you need to take over. I need to go away because I'm going to kill her. Yeah. Right. Like, like I we had each other to be able to play tag team in those, in those moments. And not only are you taking on a new child at 19 you're doing it by yourself. Now, granted, you had parents, you Mm -hmm. had his parents, but the, the day-to-day stuff was you.
1: Yeah. And and even thinking back, you know, as a full-time student too. So it's got, it's just weird to relive that memory. And it's like, how did I do all that? Um, I mean, it got it done, but yeah, I was in school, I was learning how to be a mom. And I am so thankful that, uh, my parents in, in Tom, They're all great, but my parents, because I had that, the long time living with them. Um, it's so nice just to be like, Hey, can you take her please? I need a moment. I feel very comfortable. with My parents doing that too. Even now I'm like, take my kids, please. (laughs) And they're great with help.
0: So you have, you've been pretty open on social media about your faith, about God being in your life. Mm -hmm. Was that the case when this was going down?
1: no uh no like I grew up in church is that what you mean
0: yeah yeah no it seems like now you can lean on God Mm -hmm. I want to know could you lean on God when all this is happening
1: (sighs) yes and no so that's strange I grew up in church and I feel like I grew out of that when I first went to college um but Christian's dad Tom yes and I think that's I don't want to say normal um but it is pretty frequent that people do that. Um, and then you just have to find your way back as an adult. Um, but Christian's dad, Tom, he's a preacher. So when I met this family, when I met Bella. Wow, I started-
0: more turns to this
1: story. Oh, I know. So it's just like, it, I mean, it, God placed me there. Um, but I just remember in that time, though, I was just so conflicted. Like I felt the need to go to church, but I just didn't know I didn't know how to to do that, how to step into the building, how to talk about my feelings and what's going on. Um, so no, I don't feel like in that time when I met Bella that I was like, this is a God thing or that I could pray and talk and, um, see if there was answers on how I was feeling, you know?
0: Well, and and if you find a good church community, (laughs)
1: um,
0: it can be a support system for you too. Yeah. Because there are other people that are, that have probably gone through the same thing you're going through, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: but you probably, and I'm putting this on you, you probably (laughs) felt alone at times other, other than having the best parents ever. It sounds like. Right. Right. Like, but you felt like alone as a 19, 20 year old.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's so easy to feel like no one else can know how you're feeling or what you're going through. Uh, No matter what your story is, but mine specifically, I remember just like, okay, mom, I'm going to use my mom as an example and she may rewatch this, but, (laughs) uh, you know, she would get upset with me at times and it's just like, you didn't go through this. You didn't adopt me and have to learn how to do this. So I do remember feeling, um, upset, you know, or anger toward her because she would be upset with me, um. Yeah. So it's easy to feel like no one else has walked your path when there there have been people or very similar stories.
0: So then, so then fast forward, you get divorced. When Christian goes to prison, are you with George at that time?
1: I am. Yeah.
0: So at least you had that stability in the girl's lives. Yes. Um, and you, when that happens as, as a mom, how, how, what do you, what do you say to your daughters at that moment?
1: I, you know, like I I was saying earlier, like um, Bella and, and Charlotte both have such different personalities. So I feel like I can be very open with Bella, but not so open with Charlotte yet because she's not quite mature. I hate to say that, but I just don't feel like the maturity is there where she could process it. And
0: she knows, she knows Christian less, right? You've already stated that.
1: Yes. Yeah. And, um, with Bella, I, I try to be as open as I can be, but, um, like I never want it to come off that I'm talking poorly about Christian or, um, saying anything bad because there's nothing bad to say. It's just, he made bad choices and you have to pay for that. Um, but it is a little awkward sometimes. Yeah. Cause it's, I mean, like I remember one time Charlotte, my eight-year-old, um, came in just crying I was like, what's going on? Let's talk. And she's like, I just need to know, am I going to be like dad? Like, am I going to go kill people? And I was like, whoa, hang on. Like, first of all, that's not what happened. Secondly, that's so much for an eight year old. Like what is happening? You know, that was so much, but she was so scared that she was going to turn out and be angry like dad or and I was like, well, let's, let's talk about this. Um, so it can get a little uncomfortable, but you kind of just have to roll with it.
0: Yeah. And, and, and I don't even know how to, so how many private moments has there been with, because you have to treat them differently. You say, yes, yeah. I'm sure yeah. like there's a sit down with Bella and
1: mm-hmm. you and her
0: have these conversations, just the two of you. And I'm sure the same happens with Charlotte. And you have to have those conversations kind of independently.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um,
0: how often do those come up in life today?
1: Uh, I won't say often Bella, because she's a teenager, she she's emotional. Um, so when she does have episodes of like sadness, usually when we talk about it, dad will be brought up. So it's kind of resorted back to that. Um, Charlotte is it's almost she uses humor as her way. To cope with it because um, hers will be just like out of nowhere and she'll ask I don't know she'll just make a joke like oh yeah my dad's in prison I don't she I mean it'll be in the car driving down the road and she'll hear something on the radio and she'll associate it with dad um, so she kind of deals with her hers through humor um, but it doesn't I don't feel like it happens very often
0: okay so so you get to all that yeah, and yeah. you meet. So how do you and George meet?
1: Okay. So when I moved back to Missouri, which is where I'm from, so Christian and I, we separate, I had just finished college um, to become a PE teacher and I got a job in Clinton, Missouri, which is about 30 minutes from my hometown where my parents live. Um, so I move down the road from my parents And then I work at this high school and I start at a CrossFit gym in Sedalia, Missouri, which is about, um, 30 minutes away. So anyway, so I start there and I get put on this team. Um, I was doing a competition. It was four person, two guys, two girls, and they called Georgian to be our, our second guy. And, um, I just found his personality through our group message very attractive. I thought he was really funny. He was good looking from the pictures I saw on social media. Um, and then a few weeks later, I went to a competition at CrossFit Believe, which is now my gym. Um, and that's where George was going. He was working out there. And so I went there to, to do this competition and then we officially met in person there.
0: Was so, it instant? Uh,
1: for me, I thought so. I was just so tickled. Um, I just thought he was so handsome. He's six foot five. He's huge. And, uh, well, just,
0: and you're taller for a female CrossFitter.
1: I'm five foot eight. Yeah. So I also need a tall man, you know? So I well, thought he was super attractive. He did not catch on to me flirting whatsoever. Um, it actually took a friend of his to be like, Hey, I think she's flirting with you for him to flirt back. <laughs>
0: Yeah. I, same thing happened with my wife and I I was totally. Clean.
1: She so, was flirting with you.
0: Yes. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't get it. I didn't see it. Um, and yeah, someone, someone had to smack me around a little bit to say, Hey, Gosh. uh, kind of likes you.
1: Yeah. And I feel like women, or I don't know how your wife was. I was like, so obvious. I don't know.
0: Like, oh, ah. she, she'll tell you the same thing.
1: Yeah. Like, yeah.
0: So, so you guys meet at CrossFit Believe. Uh-huh. Um, how long before he, or you ask the other out?
1: Um, it was probably six months or so of our friendship. Um, before anything came about, I actually started to go to CrossFit believe, um, and then just kind of put myself out there hoping that he would take that, that bait. And he did eventually. Um, but it took a few months of just being friends and seeing each other and passing. And then all of a sudden I'm showing up to his gym (laughs) which now i'm like was that crazy maybe that was a little crazy
0: yeah yeah um i'm thinking the same thing stalking works sometimes you know know? it's
1: fine yeah stalking that's what it was he was still clueless didn't know
0: wow yeah so so you go to crossfit believe um and you you find this thing crossfit right and you've had a lot going on in your life. Yeah. yeah. Um, d- did Was CrossFit something that kind of helped center you and bring you into a community? Yeah.
1: yeah. So we can go, go back to 2015 for CrossFit. Um, I was in school to become a PE teacher and I had to do observations at this elementary school and the teacher there, she did CrossFit. And so I asked her like, what do you do? Because I grew up in sports. And then, of course, in college, you kind of get away from that. Um, I drank a lot, partied, ate really bad. Excuse me. Um, But then I got that job at Curves, and that kind of, like, reopened my passion for fitness. Um, So in 2015, that was about – let's see. I had Charlotte in September of 14. So um, in January of 15 is when I started CrossFit at this little gym called CrossFit Conversion. Um, super awesome people, but that's kind of where that community came in. I just didn't know what I was missing in my life. I was married to Christian. He was literally gone all the time. He was doing his motorcycle stuff. Um, so I just kind of felt just really, um, I don't want to say alone, but I I was so young. I just, I knew there was something missing in my life. And so when I found CrossFit and these people were just like awesome from the get go, And I could bring my two kids in there and they loved my kids. Um, It was just super cool. So that's how that community started for me was in 2015. So when I did my job searching to get my first job, I made sure like if it was some random town, I would Google CrossFit gyms near Warrensburg, Missouri. Um, So I wanted to make sure wherever I was applying to get a job, there was a CrossFit gym close to that.
0: And so I I've read in one of your Instagram posts that you become a PE teacher. You become a coach. You've got two young daughters.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh you meet George and you're trying to crossfit.
1: Yeah. And you're trying to
0: fit all of that into a day.
1: Yeah. It's wild to think back on. Um so when I did move here and I got my first job, this was prior to meeting George. Um, so I was a teacher and I coached two out of the three sports seasons. Um, and I, I'm, I feel like I truly was working like 70 hours a week, 60 to 70. I know that sounds crazy, but with like lesson planning and traveling to sports and sports practices, um, it was so much. So my family truly were, they were raising my kids. My mom was, um, so anytime we had like a weekend break with no tournament, I just soaked that in with my kids. Um, so I just missed a lot, but yeah. So at some point in that time, I met George and then we moved in together and, um, he was traveling from where I was living to Warrensburg where he worked and he coached at CrossFit leave. Um, that was about an hour trip one way. So he's like, Hey, why don't we just move to Warrensburg? Um, so that's why we ended up here, which is great. Um, but yeah, so, like I did CrossFit, but it was kind of like I competed locally, but I didn't take it as seriously as I do now. Um, I still drink alcohol almost every night. I ate. Okay. Um, But I definitely wasn't like the healthiest that I could be physically or mentally during that time.
0: So the, the long weeks, the, the pressures of trying to be a mom, Mm -hmm. being a coach, doing all these things came to a head at some point
1: mm-hmm. and
0: like, and the drinking, you said you were still drinking at that time. Was yeah. it just yeah. like decompressed from all the stuff you were trying to do or was it for the fun of it?
1: Just for the, I think we just, George and I enjoyed it. So we would just drink one or two beers every night, um, which doesn't sound like a lot, but if you're doing it every night, um, I mean, it, for, for one, financially it added up. And then it definitely took a toll on, like, my body, my performance. Um, And then uh, uh, one night we went out on a date night. It was shortly after we had Nora. So it was, like, I want to say December of 19. We went to a Mexican restaurant. We had some margaritas. Too many. And the next day I was, like, I hate this because that was the first night. Like, Nora would not sleep through the night that night, of course. So it was, like, I'm hungover slash drunk and she's screaming. And so the next day I was like, I, I don't want to feel like that anymore. Um, so I haven't drank since that night in December of 2019. Okay. Yeah.
0: So at what point does the busyness come to a head and and you, you want to be a mom, right? You want to be a wife, you want to do things that, that bring you a passion. Mm -hmm. Um, So what, what brings it to a head?
1: Actually, I was pregnant. That's what, that's what made that happen. I was pregnant with Nora and we were just doing some budgeting Um, as a school teacher. Like it's just not good money. Um, And George has been in college. He'll finish this December. So he's been doing like a part-time job slash full-time student. So like financially we were about the same, Um, but it's just not enough to put, a daughter, a, a baby, and daycare, um, plus the gas that we spent going to work. So we really sat down and had to budget and say, okay, what are we going to do? Is it worth it for two parents to work and to put her in, in daycare? Could we afford this for one of us to uh, quit our job? And then which one will it be? Um, so we had to do a lot of talking and praying and uh, budgeting. And we, for me personally, I was just, I knew that I could get more done around the house for the kids. If it was me to stay at home, whereas as a dad, he would work, but also maybe not utilize his time at home <laughs> as productively as I would. Um, so that's what made our decision for me to uh, resign from teaching. And then I became a stay at home mom slash uh, full-time coach at CrossFit Believe.
0: You also got into some pre and postnatal coaching, yeah. Um, and in 2010, when all this started,
1: mm-hmm. could you ever
0: see yourself being that?
1: No. In the future. No. Um, no. I mean, I have always wanted to be a school teacher since I was a little girl. So that's literally all I could see was finish school, become a school teacher. Um, but I do remember at one point when I was deciding, because I originally wanted to be elementary education Um But I was like, I love fitness. I love sports. How can I make that and teaching come together? And so my only thought was physical education and health education, um, which I I loved doing. Um, But I did not think about, hey, coaching CrossFit classes is teaching. I'm still able to teach kids, teenagers, adults, um, and then bring them into the fitness and health world as well. So it was a good, good way to con- convert those.
0: And you've kind of created your own little business with that, correct? Yes.
1: Yeah. yeah. So um, when I was, pr- so I started CrossFit right after I had Charlotte, my second daughter. Um, but then with Nora, so I was like four years deep into CrossFit. I CrossFitted throughout the entire pregnancy. Um, I CrossFitted, of course, postpartum, but I was not educated. And I did... I just I did things that I wish I wouldn't have in my postpartum journey that I know about now. Um and that's kind of what enticed me to uh focus on the pregnancy and postpartum training specifically around CrossFit. I train women who do all sports, but um my niche is really through the CrossFit community there.
0: So you you have your business, you're now a full-time coach, I believe. Mm-hmm. What I find fascinating is, and I and please don't take offense to this, looking at your CrossFit career, yeah, it's yeah. not like it's not like bam, Lauren's gonna be one of the greats, or go, yeah. you know, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and last year you were on a team, mm-hmm. that team made team quarters, mm-hmm. and that's kind of where it stops. Mm-hmm. This year, what the hell happened? You got on a team, and that team blew up you you were crushing it yeah so so what happens this year is it is it a whole new team is it a whole new like environment new focus what happened this year that changed everything
1: so ironically i went on Aliyah miller you had her on your show i went on her podcast last year to talk about my coaching business Um, and she, I just remember when she introduced me, she's like Lauren Olson, aspiring CrossFit games athlete. And I just remember being like, Oh, don't say that. Don't, I don't want to put that goal into the universe. Like my goal semifinals. Um, so now a year later, it's just wild that I was so like, please don't put that out there for everyone to hear that. Um, because you just never know what will happen in a year, but Um, yeah, last year we were on a team, we went to quarterfinals, however, um, about a week before quarterfinals, um, I fractured my patella and, um, and then our other girl actually had torn her shoulder. And so we were both just kind of working through it, but, um, I had broke my, or fractured my patella that I didn't know was a fracture. I, I knew something was wrong because I couldn't squat, um but I didn't find out about the fracture until after quarterfinals. Um, so we, we did not qualify for semifinals last year. Um, and then I went and got x-rays done and I was like, well, that'll explain why I couldn't do thrusters, uh, or the squatting, uh, or the shuttle runs. But anyways, so it was a blessing. And then, um, we did switch teammates this year. We had a girl move to us from Idaho. And she was on Verdant CrossFit's uh, semifinal team last year. And so when she moved to Warrensburg, I was like, hey, we need a female. Are you interested? And she's like, sure. Um, so we found two guys from Lebanon, Missouri, which is about two and a half hours away. And, um, and that's how we just became a team. And then we did really well in quarterfinals. Uh, we so,
0: placed... Yeah. So I can like set the picture. Sure. Uh, I'm well, I'll just share this because it'll be easier that way. Okay. Um, so last year's team, um you took 42nd or no 188th in 2022 uh in the world wide open. And then in quarterfinals, uh you took one twenty seventh.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then this year, the bit the drastic difference is this is actually team quarterfinals worldwide.
1: You yeah. took
0: 42nd, uh, and in the region you took seventh. Yeah. So not only do you qualify for quarterfinals, but you qualify in a favored position to move to the games.
1: Yes. Yeah. It was wild. Um, our, one of our guy teammates, he's like, Hey, let's not just have the goal of semifinals. Like let's, let's have a goal of the CrossFit games. Um, and so that was pretty cool to even set that goal. But then after quarterfinals, seeing—I'm sorry, yeah—quarterfinals, seeing that we came out in seventh, it was just so much more realistic. And um, literally from then forward, every single training day, it's like, "You are a games athlete. You are a games athlete." And that's just just the mantra that we lived with um, going forward, which was really cool to um, to say that and to believe that.
0: So you made a post. About four weeks before semis, mm-hmm. that you you were in a dark place about all of this.
1: Yeah. yeah. So
0: I want to. So you have this team that's doing phenomenal. You are doing things you've never done before in your CrossFit career, and yet you're in a dark place because I believe it's that you don't believe you belong.
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah. So yeah.
0: how much of training? for this season is mental and how much is physical
1: (sighs) Scott? I, I would truly say that it's been more mental than physical. I mean, physical it's, it's the hardest thing I've ever done, but the most fun at the same time. Um, but mental, I just feel like I've never been pushed like that mentally. Um, this hard to where I've, I've had to feel these feelings. Um, not that I'm not a feeler, I'm very emotional, but, um, like you, you truly have to embrace that. You have to say, Hey, this is how I'm feeling. This is why I'm feeling that way, but I don't need to stay here. Um, and it's taken me a long time to understand that I work with a, she's a nutrition coach, but I need it more for the mental side of it. And so she's more of a wellness coach for me. Um, and she just, uh, has really helped me through that. Um, Just everything: training the brain, visualization, journaling, um, everything that I needed to get through that.
0: So, how much help was it to have friends like Carolyn, Lex, Aaliyah, people who have kind of been down this road before? Did you reach out to any of them, or did you try to do it on your own?
1: Um. Say Lex would be the biggest one I've talked to. Um, she's really good about checking in. You know, she can tell if we're snapping and something's off. She's like, Are you okay? Um, or if I post something on social media and she's like, What's going on? Um, I do feel like she's been through that. I, I, no doubt, everyone's been through the mental side of it, but I feel like we can connect on that side where she went through something last year, I went through it this year. Um, so she's pretty good about checking in. But I would say it's more so Ashley uh, Todd. She's my coach through well at Health. She's the one that I'm like most comfortable with like, yo, this is how I feel. Like I, I can't, you know, one day I was at Charlotte's baseball practice and I had my sunglasses on and I'm just like bawling. And I'm like, I can't stop crying. I just, I don't want to feel like this anymore. So she's the one I feel most comfortable talking to about it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I have people close to me that I reach out to and cause I'm going through my own journey, not mm-hmm. a big CrossFit journey, but a weight loss journey. Yeah. And yeah. Lex has been one of the kindest human beings
1: yeah, yeah. to me.
0: She reaches out and checks on me all the time.
1: She knows. I'm, like, I'm actually <laughs> tearing up right now. Oh. <laughs> like,
0: like she just is. And so when you say that, like that, she just, she can see it. She yeah. identifies yeah. it and she reaches out. She just is one of the the greatest human beings I've ever met in my life.
1: Yeah, if she's still listening, so you should like run with that, Lex, and maybe I don't know. You're really good at just knowing people.
0: And so that's and I and I do have people like close to me that I can talk to and yeah. reach out yeah. and all of that. That that you're really because I I know I didn't meet Lex until Orlando in yeah. person. Oh, fun. Kind of like the same with with you. Yeah. So. Um, and that was just an awesome experience, but so then we're, so you're going through all of this and you, you come to a realization that, that you do belong Mm -hmm. and that you, you do, you do deserve to get to go to semifinals and then your mindset changes that you just need to live in each day.
1: Yeah. Yeah it's just such a bad place to be in no matter if it's the CrossFit games or if it's a weight loss journey and you're feeling these feelings, like no one deserves to be, to feel that way. Um, And it really got to the point where I was taking things that people were saying and it was just like living in my brain, whether they meant it badly or not. And it just like ate away at me. Um, And so I just, I truly feel like it just, I, I woke up one day and I was like, no, more like you don't like this this is not who you are like I like to be the bubbly sunshine happiness that people see Um, and it was so bad to where like one of my clients he comes in and we're warming up and I didn't say you know it was just a normal session and he's like are you okay like something's off it's like okay I don't want the people in my life to feel that energy Um, so I just woke up and just kind of snapped out of it and it's like no, you're working your ass off. You deserve this just as much as the most elite of the elite. You know, you do belong here. Um, so it's just once I felt that it's just been easier mentally, um, more fun physically to show up and do these like workouts that kill me. Cause it's like, Nope, you belong. You're here.
0: So one thing that you said that, that I connect with is you're that person that always wants to be bubbly.
1: You always want to
0: be the giver of the energy, right? And I think people that are like that, because I try to be that too. Mm -hmm. And you, you don't realize when you've drained. Yes. You don't realize when that bucket is, is empty Mm -hmm. and that you need to take for a while. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that, that that's a major concern with people who are the light, Try to be the light in the room, right? Yeah. And then sometimes the bucket's just empty. <laughs> yeah. and, and oftentimes it happens in our own personal life where we're, we're in those alone times and there's nothing left in there for us. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you have to take a step back and let yeah. people fill your bucket.
1: Sure. You know, and I'm going to shout out to Nikki. She's on your podcast, she is my bucket filler. Like she knows when it's drained for me, because I'm sure that as you know, when our buckets drain, like, it's not like it's a gradual where we feel it. It's just like, Hey, I'm super high one day. And the next day I wake up and I'm like, why do I feel this way? Um, She is my bucket filler. So she, every day will just remind me of things and we chat. And um, of course I have more bucket fillers, but she's the big one that comes to mind where she's like, Nope. Here we go. Picking you
0: up. <laughs> yeah. She, she's another one that reaches out and always yeah, like that. And yeah. she's awesome. She's um, So awesome. So then we get to semis mm-hmm. and now it's going to take a personal turn. I'm so excited. I get to meet Lauren for the first time and, you know, getting to media, we have to go get our, our wristbands and check mm-hmm. in and do all the stuff. And I, I get out to the floor and you guys are already going on event one. Yeah, yeah. And I'm behind the rig, and there, there you are, larger than life, going to town, um, holding sandbags, hopping on echo bikes, doing all the stuff. And I, I got so excited, rooting for
1: you. <laughs> oh yay. Um,
0: and uh, it was awesome. And then I loved, I loved the muscle up workout.
1: Yeah, I loved that one was being really fun. The
0: rig. Right behind. I saw you
1: too. I was like, "Oh my gosh, there's Scott." (laughs)
0: Um, So you're in the moment, and we're we're 55 minutes in, and I usually only go an hour, but I want to talk about semis because you guys come in as the seventh seed, and the weekend probably didn't go as you planned, and you rode a roller coaster (laughs) of emotions. Is the best way to describe it.
1: Oh,
0: ups downs. all around around. yep. um, throughout that weekend. So yeah, I got to have you back on another time and we'll get into it deeper. Like as we get closer to the games or something, but let's give us a 30,000 foot look at what your weekend was like.
1: Yeah. Like you said, emotions, it went from like, uh, the event one started off with a lower placing than we thought, uh, from practice, you know, you practice these, um, and then it was like a really high on event two, a low on event three. It's just funny because we would have like a killer event two and we're like, surely we can't get any worse than event one. And then event three is like, um, and so on event three, we're like, surely we can't do any worse than event three. And then event six was like,
0: <laughs> I, want, I want to talk about six, So bring us, bring us up to six, because at yeah. that point, like you're going into the last event. And I think you were in seventh or eighth.
1: We were in ninth, but it was like a cushion ninth.
0: Yeah, like okay, that's probably it. I saw the point spread and I was like, Yes, okay, my my girl's gonna make it. It's gonna be great.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And then six comes and like I'm getting emotional. Yeah, yeah. And I can't even imagine what it's like being on the floor as the pieces kind of start falling apart.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, like it is a team workout, but it was also very much an individual capacity and practicing this. Like I did my wall facing unbroken and then the other two were in two sets. Um, Cause we practiced it. Like I had to finish all of my 10 before Shelby went and vice versa. Um, and Shelby actually was the one who struggled in our practice. Um, and so when we get on the floor, And we can split these up however we want. We're like, heck yeah, we're going to kill this. And then it was me on the floor reaching failure. And it's like, Shelby has already finished her work. And it's just literally me. Um, and that was just like, God, all I could replay our teammate, Josh was like, yo, if we just finish this workout, I mean, even if we finish it in 15 minutes and 59 seconds, we're going to games. Um, and so when I would hear the announcers, I'm like, we're going to get time capped. Holy shit. <laughs> this sucks. You know? No, I mean, no, I'm not, I'm not beating myself up now. I was then, but it was like, this is your fault. If we don't make it, it's because you reach failure.
0: And, and so what is the pressure? And cause I've been on teams, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Being on a team, like I've only thrown up a handful of times in CrossFit and every time it's been when I'm on a team,
1: because yeah. I, yeah.
0: I have this thing in my head where I don't want to let anybody down.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So I push my body beyond what it's capable of. And then my body throws up after I'm done with all that. Right. 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 So you're in the moment and you know, you've got to get back on the wall.
1: Yeah.
0: But if you go back too soon, like, yeah so, yeah. so how is your, like, how do you stay calm or didn't you stay
1: calm? Oh, I feel like I stayed pretty calm. Um, There's no reason to get worked up because it's out of my control. When your body's at failure, like you said, all you can do is just rest. I I do regret that we didn't have a game plan um, of like sets. Like we should have done sets, um, Shelby and I. But so she had finished hers and I was just left to chip away. But she she's kind of my go to like I could tell the boys were upset. I could see that but poor Shelby, she's watching this. Um, we just have this relationship to where, like, I can tell she's trying to get me back on the wall, but if I'm, if I'm upset with her, I can kind of like verbally say that, like shut up. (laughs) And then we just laugh and hug it out afterwards, but she was trying to count me down. All right, Lauren, here we go. Five, four. And it worked until I reached failure again. And then I was like, shh, let me just rest and I'll chip away. But um, yeah, it's really hard to know that your team is waiting on you and, um, that you're the one feeling It's a terrible feeling.
0: So then you go from that moment
1: mm-hmm.
0: to where the powers that be at CrossFit make you stand and wait for them to tabulate the store score out in front of God and everybody. Yeah, yeah. You're out there vulnerable on the floor. What are the conversations you and your team are having at that moment? Or are you not talking to each other?
1: Uh, well, now that I've processed it, I'm, not, I'm no longer like embarrassed or ashamed of my performance. I was at first. Now I'm more so embarrassed at my reaction because I was just so emotional. Um, after that whole weekend, you just kind of block that out and you, you turn it off. Um, and it just got released. When we got time capped, I laid on the floor. It just came out. Shelby came and picked me up. Um, We went over to the finishing mat. Um, You know, the boys were just kind of processing by themselves, but Shelby came over to me and hugged me and she was like, let's pray. Um, So, I mean, I probably cried. It felt like 15 minutes, Um, but I I made the post about this and it's so real. Um, But when we prayed like uh, about 10 minutes or 10 seconds later, like from my head, literally I could feel it going all the way down. It was just calm. Um, and then I just stopped and I was like, okay, all right, God, I hear you. I'm just going to wait. Cause at that point he already has the winners planned out. There's no reason to stress and cry over what just happened. Um, so that was really cool.
0: So from my perspective,
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: I'm being asked by the head of media who I want to interview on the floor. Well, going into it, like, Team Believe was who I wanted to interview.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? Like, I've been following your journey the whole weekend, Mm -hmm. the ups and downs. You're you're a friend of mine. Like, we had never met in person until that weekend, but I considered you a friend and I wanted your story. And then six happens and I'm like, oh, shit, this may not be... (laughs)
1: maybe I don't so want
0: to in interview <laughs> and so I'm trying like and you can't even do the math in your head because yeah. like the other heats are involved now and I yeah. like I don't know the math <laughs> and so I'm like shit what questions am I going to ask if they how don't do how do you
1: feel <laughs> so like because
0: like, so they end up doing the results and they get to 10. Yeah. And they announce you guys, and you actually got in by one flipping point.
1: One point. Oh, I'm like, that could have been that one handstand push up. You know, it's just like, you just never know. That's crazy.
0: So then it goes to like full elation in my mm-hmm. body. Like now I get, now that it is a story, right? Yeah. You got in by one point and avoided disaster. You're going to the CrossFit games and I get to, I get to ask you questions and I get out there and it's nothing but a flood of emotion. (laughs) Uh, You are so overtaken uh, by the uh, elation and the joy of making the CrossFit games that it's, it's, and, I, it's out there on Instagram. It's out oh, there, know. you know, for people to see. But you are just overcome with emotion. And it was, it was the greatest, one of the greatest moments in my media career with CrossFit.
1: Oh like, gosh.
0: You guys just were that elated. And then one of your guys is like, we got holes. Yeah. And, and there are holes we need to work on. And yeah. we've got to get them fixed before we get to the games. Yeah. So there's like this joy from you. And yeah. Shelby, and then I don't even know who the guy was, but he was Josh. like, well, We got to work on handsome yeah. push ups, yeah. rope climbs. Um, you know,
1: yeah, at me, I get it, I understand working on it. <laughs> yeah, I just remember turning around, and I saw you, and I was like, Can I hug you? And you're like, No, <laughs> and
0: so the audience knows, like, they tell us they're very adamant, yeah. do not touch the athletes. They have to go to drug testing and we cannot have any thing that messes that up on the way yeah. Yeah. from there to drug testing. And so the first thing he's like, I want to give you a hug. And I'm like, I do too, but I'm not allowed to touch you. Yeah,
1: Don't touch me. That was really funny. I was like, oh, okay. Got it.
0: And you'd never been in that moment. So you probably didn't even know the rules of the drug testing. Scott, I've
1: never been to a big competition. That was my first one. Like, other than a local. Yeah. There was just a lot, a lot to take in.
0: So, so I just want you to know, I have not even, I never opened my notes page for this interview.
1: Yeah. Oh, good.
0: Never. We, it's just been you and I talking. So yeah. let's wrap this up. And then okay. I've got to have you back on.
1: Yeah. I love um, that.
0: And you're going to the CrossFit games.
1: Woo! Going to Madison.
0: So Let's go back to the beginning of these stories when there's a little girl who needs a mom. Mm-hmm. You say I'm I'm the I'm I'm her. Yeah. Yep. You go through what some would say would be a like a movie style mm-hmm. drama of your life.
1: Yeah, my twenties. Yep.
0: What? How, you're a games athlete. Yeah. And nobody can take that away from you. Yeah. So what, first of all, what do the next two months look like?
1: Well, lots of training. Um, We are one week into it. Um, We're following the Mayhem Athlete Program. And last week, I'm pretty sore. This week looks even more brutal. Um, Lots of training, outdoors, swimming, uh, just new things. I'm really excited for the games training because it's not just in the gym. We get to go do other things. Um, my kids are very supportive. I feel guilty because they're at home by themselves uh, during the day, but they're all on board. They're excited. They, they know what the games are. They know that we're going. Yeah.
0: So I, I've seen clips of dinosaurs doing sit-ups. <laughs> so, the, so The kids do get to come occasionally.
1: They do. Yeah. The um, two older ones, they're in CrossFit kids there. Uh, and then Nora, the youngest one will come just to get her out of the house sometimes and not fighting with her sisters. I'll bring her with me.
0: What do your daughters think of you and what you've accomplished this year? Like they love mom, right? We, we know right. that, but mom did something amazing. Have, have they, do they get it?
1: I think Bella does, um, it's really fun, especially for my teenager, you know, you know how they can be. So when I hear her saying, my mom is so cool. Look what she did. I can hear her talking to her friends. That feels so good. Um, and then Charlotte recently, my middle daughter, she's like on like this yoga instructor kick. Like she wants to teach me yoga and help me with visualization um, and even talking about healthy foods. So it's really cool that they they have that role model, like they see, Hey, mom's this really cool athlete, but also they are learning to be healthy as well from my actions.
0: And isn't that the best part?
1: It's so cool. Like, yeah.
0: Like these athlete stuff is cool, but yeah. this, the fact that you see what your kids are learning from yeah. your example
1: yeah. is awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree with that.
0: Um, cause my daughter, like she did CrossFit in her teens and she was really good.
1: Yeah. Really
0: good. And then and then because I was so obsessed by it, she just, like, didn't want to do it anymore. Yeah. But then I talked to her. She just graduated from college. And she's like, yeah, I went to the gym. And I did some weighted lunges. And I did some. And I'm like.
1: Good. Getting back not into not gonna
0: it. i not going to yeah. say it.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so that's super cool. Yeah. So now here's the coolest question I get to ask any games qualifier. Okay. You get to go get the kids, right? You're going to okay. be out Head to toe in games gear. Yeah. How excited are you for that moment?
1: Oh my gosh. We're so excited. It's going to be great. Um, I'm really excited for the team pictures. I think that's, <laughs> I just went and looked at my friend Toya's pictures the other day where they're all it's like, I can't wait to be in our games outfit and fun pictures and the kids to see those. And it's going to be so much fun.
0: Every athlete I talk to after the fact says that's when it becomes real.
1: Yeah. Like walking through the tunnel, all of it, it's just, I'm pumped. It's going to be so, so much fun. And hopefully we can, you know, show people that, that we're there to compete and that we can put up some good scores and be good fighters there. What's the goal? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Like we, we really, we're going to work really hard. I don't know if it's, if they're doing cuts, if we want to be, I mean, obviously that would be really cool to be in the last day. Um, but we're just going to give it our all. We're going to trust our training. That's the biggest thing is just putting the work in every day and going there and just trusting that we're ready.
0: So I'm going to finish up just by showing a couple comments okay. from people okay. in the chat. And that is Shelby Jones.
1: Ah, Shelby. Hey, that's my teammate.
0: The first time I heard Lauren's stories, my jaw had dropped. It's like a movie. <laughs> yeah. Very um, Carolyn said, Hi. it was so great to follow your team throughout the semi-finals, semifinals. Super happy for you, Lauren.
1: Yeah, thanks, Carol.
0: And she also said that when you guys got in, it yeah. was an amazing moment to watch.
1: <sighs> amazing feeling, too.
0: So this has been awesome. I'm so glad. Um, That we got to meet, yeah. and um, I'll be in. I'll be in Madison.
1: Yes. Hey, let's get that picture at Madison.
0: We will. We and picture. um, and I think we'll follow your team. Hopefully, yeah. I have a, once I once I figure out how big of a team I'm allowed to have with me.
1: Uh-huh. We
0: may be following your team there.
1: Oh, I would love that so percent. much. Yeah, um, that'd be great. You
0: know, behind the scenes with CrossFit Believe.
1: Yeah, that'd be awesome.
0: So we'll stay in touch. Okay. Um, I'd like to have you and maybe a teammate on again before the games.
1: Yeah. we love that. And, yes. Shelby lives live down, down the road. Too. All right. It sounds good to me.
0: And, you, and, I, and I did want to say it's yeah. obvious you have the school teacher in you because when you look behind you,
1: this is my classroom. I used to teach online. Where am I? Am i backwards. I used to do VIP kid. So this is my classroom
0: <laughs> and you have not taught in four years and it's still there.
1: It's still there. It's just, it's a chalkboard wall. And now George, my husband uses it for his, uh, his school, his homework. Nice. So yeah. And he does work
0: on the chalkboard too? Do what? He does his homework on the chalkboard too?
1: Well, I think that was my kids. Do you see that? Oh. It's all like math and I love it. <laughs> well, well, awesome.
0: Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you, everybody. Stock. And, uh, Awesome story.
1: That's my husband. I love you too, George.
0: (laughs) Uh, With that, everybody in the chat, thank you so much for joining us today. And we will see everybody next time on the Clydesdale Media Podcast. Bye, guys. C4 Energy, Extend, and Cellucor are delivering the most effective, best tasting, and highest quality products for you. Get 20% off when you use the code Clydesdale at checkout at C, the number four energy.com. That's C4energy.com. And now back to the interview.